0: Praise the Lord. How's everybody this morning? You like my southern accent from Georgia? Greg, give me just a little bit in these monitors, please, if you can. Hey, man, we're so glad to be with you today. Uh, we love your pastors, we've known them a long time, and we're looking forward to a great, great day together. How many of you'd rather be here than in the hospital? I asked this question one time, I said, how many of you'd rather be here than in jail? This woman jumped up, man, she started dancing. I said, what in the world? She said, I just got out of jail. I said, well, praise God. <clears throat> Glad to have you, amen. So listen, you know, I went kind of back and forth, uh, uh, just trying to discern my direction this morning. You know, I, I, uh, if you've ever seen anything on, you know, some of the, the videos and so forth, I can get happy. And run around and get excited, but uh, I seem to have something specific I, I should share with you this morning, as a church and as a people. I want to encourage you personally in your journey with God, but also in your corporate uh, vision as well. So we'll just go with that. You know, sometimes as an itinerant, I'm not a pastor. I travel exclusively. So uh, God will put things in your spirit that you're to carry with you and deposit certain places. Not every place, but certain places that you go, and it just seemed to to be. Uh, Last night I was kind of going back and forth, but I've targeted this this morning, so I hope it'll be a blessing to you. Uh, In Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5, God, of course, speaking uh, to the prophet Jeremiah, and they'll have these scriptures up there for you. uh, He said, "'Before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you, and I ordained you a prophet to the nations.'" So, you know, before Jeremiah was ever conceived in his mother's womb, before she ever gave him a name, God knew him. God had a plan, purpose, and divine intention for his existence in the earth. And the same reality holds true for you and for me before we were ever formed in our mother's womb, before she ever gave us a name. God knew us, and God had a plan and purpose for our existence in the earth. Uh, In Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11, it's a very familiar uh, passage of Scripture. You've heard it quoted quite often. Of course, God is speaking to the children of Israel who at this time were in Babylonian captivity. And, uh, you know, it appeared by all outward natural circumstances that their hopes and their dreams as a nation would never come into fruition. But it was in this place that God spoke to, to them through the prophet Jeremiah, and he said, listen... I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. One translation says, I alone know my purpose for you, says the Lord. It is your welfare that I have in mind, not your undoing. For you, I have a destiny and a hope. And of course, my favorite is the Message Bible. And, and God said, he said, uh, listen, look, I know what I'm doing, I've got it all planned out, plans to take care of you, not to abandon you, plans to give you the, the, the future that you're hoping for. Isn't that good news, man, that God didn't just throw us into this world and say, hey man, good luck, hope it all turns out all right. If you and I will be uh, born again and come into his kingdom, which is the first step, quite naturally, to fulfilling his plan, we've got to be translated into the kingdom of God's Son. But once we're in the kingdom, then that the Bible tells us there's a plan. There's a path. There's a purpose, and it's prearranged. As a matter of fact, uh, in Ephesians 2 and 10, Uh, The Apostle Paul kind of uh, summarizing these scriptures in a New Testament uh, uh, aspect. He said, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Now notice, which God prepared when? Beforehand that we should walk in them, right? Uh, The Amplified says, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. So once again, what's that, what that tells us is there, there's a predetermined path. There is a plan. There's a divine intention. For our lives personally, for our existence corporately, and according to the Scriptures, their good paths, their good plans, their good intentions. Right, so we can say this morning, you know, with a sense of confidence, personally as a believer, as an individual, and also as a church, that our best days are not behind us; they are ahead of us. No matter what our past or present situation uh, may be, we can still declare the best is yet come. And you say, Brother Marty, how can you say that with any sense of confidence uh, or, 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 you know, expectation? Well, I say it based upon the scripture. Because the Bible says in uh, Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 18 in the Amplified Bible, it says the path, we just read about that, the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. That means the sun rising, right? It shines brighter and brighter until it reaches its full strength and glory in the perfect day. So as a believer, we can expect our paths to grow brighter and brighter. Even when we lay down this physiological body, man, and transition into the world to come, our path is still growing brighter and brighter. Can you say amen? So once again, there's a plan, there's a purpose, there's a divine intention and so this is what we know if we will follow God closely in life if we will seek his wisdom if we will listen for his counsel and if we will implement the plan then all will go well with us it doesn't mean there won't be resistance to the plan It doesn't mean there won't be attempts of the enemy to sabotage and divert the plan. But our confession is, no weapon formed against us will prosper, and we will come to our expected end. Can you say amen? So once again, everybody say, there's a plan. (laughs) Amen. So with that in mind, you know, we understand. I know you're well taught here because your pastor is a wonderful teacher, teaches the word of God. We understand the principles of faith as men and women, and we understand the importance that all along our journey in this life, it's very important that we stay in what we call agreement with God, right? Not only in agreement with his word and his promises and what declared over us as his sons and daughters, but also we have to stay in agreement with God concerning his plan, his purpose, that predetermined path which he has set forth for us to fulfill. And one of the ways, I didn't say the only way, but one way that you and I can stay in agreement with God concerning his plans and purposes is with our mouth. Now, I don't listen to other preachers to decide what I'm going to preach in a season. I get what I get from God so that I know I'm bringing to the people what he wants me to say to you, right? So I'm sure this is out there somewhere, but I know what God is saying in this season. It's very important that you and I, as the body of Christ, as believers, that we stay in agreement with God, not only in agreement with his word and his his promises, but we have to stay in agreement with him concerning his plans and his purposes. We have to stay in agreement with the things that God has placed on the inside of you to accomplish, to achieve, to do. And we have to be determined to move forward in life. Never give up. Amen? Everybody say never give up. So, you know, staying in agreement with God, and when I say once again uh, in agreement with our mouths, I mean particularly our words, because did you know that our words not only affect uh, the, the seen and the unseen realm, but more than anything, the words that come out of your mouth and mine, they impact our minds, our hearts, our wills our determination in life, right? And so, and of course, our corporate and collective unity and determination as well. So, believing the right things and saying the right things are both crucial in apprehending not only the promises of God, but His plans and His purposes, right? So, our words are, are very, very Important. And of course, I know you're taught that and you understand that reality. Uh, now, perhaps you're sitting in this room this morning and you just heard me say earlier, Hey, hey, your best days are ahead of you. The best is yet to come. And I mean, you want to believe that. You want to have that sense of expectation and anticipation. But maybe you're sitting here today with an underlying sense of disappointment. Maybe that you're carrying over from a past situation or a present circumstance. Maybe you've had some dreams for a long time or goals that you've yet to see realized or achieved. Uh, Maybe you've had some prayers that have yet to be answered or some significant needs that you haven't yet uh, seen met. Uh, And so, you know, there's this lack of confidence perhaps that things will actually ever improve in your life or situation. Can I encourage you this morning by the Word of God and by the Spirit of God? Hold fast. Stand strong. Refuse to give up because I'm convinced that there are some things that have been in what I call the womb God of faith you know the womb is where things are developed a child is developed there's some things that have been in the womb of faith for you personally and corporately for a long time and I believe those things are are soon to be delivered so I want you to be encouraged this morning and I want you to stand uh, fast and stand strong uh, because we're expecting some things to come into fruition for you so I want to talk to you about that this morning are you with me Amen. In Mark 11 and 23, of course, these are the words of Jesus. Jesus said, uh, verily I say unto you, or truly I say unto you, that's a Mark 11, 23. Truly I say unto you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that the things which he says will be done, what's going to happen? He will have whatever he says. You can take that scripture down if you don't have the other one. All right, so um, Jesus. these are Jesus' words. They're not mine, right? They're his words. And he said, whatever a man believes in his heart and declares with his mouth has the absolute potential to become reality. Is that not amazing? I don't think most Christians really believe those words because if they did, that, you know you can believe in your heart and declare with your mouth. I think we'd be paying a lot closer attention uh, to what we are saying. But once again, they're not my words. They're not your pastor's words. They're not your fellow believer's words. These are Jesus's words. And he said, what a man or woman once again believes in their heart and declares with their mouth has the absolute potential to become natural reality. Now, in the laws of faith, we call this the command of faith. This is Mark 11, 23, if you just want to write it down. The command of faith, which, of course, by definition, is the releasing of supernatural power through the spoken word with the expectation of changing, altering, or removing, if necessary, the mountainside. You know, the situation, the circumstance that's confronting you. We call this the command of faith. But what I want to emphasize this morning is not necessarily uh, this aspect of faith as an event. But I want to talk about this principle of believing in the heart and declaring with the mouth as a means of staying in agreement with God concerning his plans, his purposes, his divine intentions for our life. Now, how many of you know you're a spirit being, right? We're not a natural being exclusively. We are spirit beings created in the image of God. We live in a physiological body. But because we're spirit beings created in the image of God, our words are of a spiritual nature and origin. And they carry tremendous impact, not only in this seen and uh, unseen realm, but once again, in our own souls, right? So our words are important. Uh, Hebrews 11 and 3. You know the scripture. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible, right? So that tells us everything that you and I see in this natural, physical, tangible world was created by and is sustained by an unseen, intangible realm. 2 Corinthians 4.18, notice, uh, Paul said, while we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. Because the things which are seen are what? Temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So looking at these two verses, what we see is this reality that the natural is subject to the spiritual. The temporal is subject to the eternal. Because the spiritual and the eternal were first. So our words, being of a spiritual nature and origin, carry tremendous impact once again. In the, both the seen and the unseen realm. Are you following me? So... Thinking about that, you know, words in reality are what we call containers. They carry substance, just like this bottle contains the substance of water. How many of you know your words contain substance? They carry substance. They can carry life, right, peace, joy, confidence, faith, ability, positivism, victory, Or they can carry defeat, discouragement, despair, disappointment, negativity, right? In fact, in Proverbs 18 and 21, look what the Bible says Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat its fruit. Now, you want to really bring it home? Here's the message Bible Words kill, words give life. Notice. They're either poison or fruit you choose. (laughs) Man, that's powerful. Amen? So our words carry substance. I don't think most Christians really believe that reality or understand that reality that our words, in one sense of the word, dominate our lives. Most often, a person will never rise above the level of their confession. Most often in life, a person will either rise or fall to the level of their confession. Why? Because those words are creative in ability. They're impacting the natural and supernatural realm. But more than that, they're impacting what? My mind, my heart, my will, my determination in life. And once again, our corporate and collective unity and determination. So believing the right things and saying the right things, once again, are very crucial to fulfilling God's plans and purposes where our personal journey is concerned and our corporate journey as well. Now people say, oh, come on, man. Is this mind science, Christian science, mind over matter? What is this? Friends, this is the Bible. All those other, uh, you know, what we would call them religions, I guess, and psychology and all of these things, they think they've really devised some you know, new concepts, but most all of their concepts are really derived from the essence of the Scripture. God made the psychology of man. God made the physiological body. He understands the emotional realm, and so he understands the power of thought and confession because he created it. So they're just borrowing these concepts, right? (laughs) So is it scriptural? Absolutely. You know, over in the Old Testament, you remember the story where the children of Israel, they've been in Egyptian bondage. And now comes the time for them, of course, to enter the land that God has promised them in Numbers 13. And they're all excited. I mean, they're, they're getting ready to cross over Jordan. And, and so they're ready to possess the land. And, of course, you'll remember Moses sends out uh, a delegation of 12 spies. How many of you remember the story? And I know you've probably heard it multiple times. Have you preached this recently? (laughs) That's hilarious. Well, the Holy Ghost knows, right? So he wants everybody to get it, because some of you would have been here Wednesday and some of you not. So he wants to get everybody on the same page, obviously. So, you know, he sends out a delegation of uh, 12 spies, And so, uh, one from each of the 12 tribes uh, of Israel. They go in there to what? To gain a strategy whereby they can implement the plan of God. How many of you know that that every plan demands a strategy for implementation? Uh, I mean, things don't just happen. Uh, We certainly have to stay in agreement with God, but we also have to be listening for the steps to take in the implementation of his plans for our lives. So they go in there to gain a strategy. And man, they're in there for 40 days, and they come back, and they're all excited, you know, and they're ready to take the land. Uh, And then, of course, they come back with the report, and here's the report, Numbers thirteen twenty six through 33. Are you ready? It said, they departed and they came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told them and said, Look, we went to the land where you sent us and truly it flows with milk and honey and this is its fruit. Now stop right there. How many times, you know, in life we do that, God puts a vision on the inside of us, you know, we have a corporate vision, we have a personal vision, maybe there's a goal, there's a dream, there's an aspiration, there's something on the inside of you that you feel like you should do in life or achieve, and man, we get excited about it and we have the anticipation of it, we know it's God, we know it's good, Woohoo! right? But then, of course, they make a mistake. They come back, they said, well, hey, it's awesome, man. Here's the fruit. It's flowing with milk and honey just like God said it was. Notice the next word. Verse 28, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified, very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Now, what are they doing? They begin to articulate with all clarity all the reasons why. What God had told them belonged to them. What God had placed on the inside of them to accomplish, to do, this is my promise, this is my plan, this is the provision. Go get it. Well, it looks wonderful, it's a great idea, but I just don't think we can do it because of this, 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 and the other. They begin to articulate All the reasons why what God said he'd planned, promised, and purposed was impossible to accomplish. Right? And we can do that in life. Unfortunately, there's so much negativity in this world. There's so many negative voices. And not just in the seen, but the unseen, telling you all the reasons why you can never accomplish what God said he'd planned, purposed, and provided right? But we know we can. So then notice verse 30, Caleb quieted the people before Moses and he said, hey, let's go up at once. Let's take possession. We're well able to overcome it. But the men who'd gone up with him said, we're not able to go against the people. They're stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they'd spied out, saying, The land through which we've gone as inhabitants, uh, excuse me, as spies in the land, devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, come from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Now listen. In life, there'll always be what I call two clubs or two camps. There's going to be the we can club and the we can't. And every single one of us, personally and corporately, we have to decide in life, what club are we going to join? Am I going to be a part of the we can's or the we can'ts? And the way I I join that club is with my mentality and my declaration. In life, right? So we've got a decision to make. Notice they said we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. How we see ourselves. How you see yourself, how I see myself. What we say to ourselves about ourselves, about our abilities, about God's ability in us about our present situation, about our future, about our destiny. What we say, whether audibly or inaudibly, to ourselves, about ourselves, over ourselves, is going to have tremendous impact on how things turn out. Now, notice the progression. I want you to notice here. Numbers 14 and 2, it started with 10. Now, notice the progression. All the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. Now stop right there. Isn't it interesting how the negativity and the doubt of a few can impact the attitude and the confidence of many? Ten people said, we can't do it. And now you got several million, a couple of million saying, we can't do it. Right? (laughs) And so they said, man... We're not able. They start murmuring and complaining and and then notice. And the whole congregation said to him, if only we died in the land of Egypt or if only we died in the wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should become victims? Are you kidding me? Is this really on the table for discussion right now? God supernaturally brought you out of Egypt with signs, wonders, miracles. He has fed you with quail from from the sky manna from heaven water out of a rock he's led you with a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night and now you're standing on the verge of the fulfillment of what he's promised and planned all along and you say would to god we died in egypt would to god we died in this wilderness now we can do we can you know kind of look at this and frown upon it but the reality is we have a tendency in life to do the same thing at times you know we find ourselves in a difficult situation it seems impossible impassable and we can begin to look at all the negativities and the reasons why this time it's not going to come out so good and we can forget hey i've been here before i've been in tough times in the past I've been in situations that looked impossible and impossible, and God was faithful then. Friends, he's going to be faithful now. Amen. Remind yourself of those past victories. Don't let the devil just, you know, beat you down with this sense of defeat and a lack of confidence that God is going to be faithful, not only to carry you out of where you are, but into the fullness of what he has for you. Amen. So they said, well, you know, what to God? And you know the sad thing is, friends, every single one of them, 20 years old and older from that generation, died in the wilderness. They got exactly what they said, you know? And that's a tragedy. Their attitude and their declaration uh, directed the entire outcome of that situation as far as they were concerned. But in contrast... Two individuals, Joshua and Caleb. What did they do? They stayed on the winning side. And that's what I want to encourage you this morning. Stay on the winning side. Turn to your neighbor and say, stay on the winning side. (laughs) Amen. In life. In God. Stay on the winning side. Let your declaration in life be, yes, we can. Regarding God's plans and purposes for you personally and corporately, whatever direction he may give you, whatever goal or dream he may place on the inside of you to accomplish or achieve, you just say, yes, we can. Yes, we can. Amen. And yes, we will. You know, when God gives direction, when he bursts a dream in a heart, when he sets forth a purpose to fulfill, He will always give to us or make accessible to us the wisdom, the ability, the grace, the resources to bring those dreams into fruition. Now, you might be here this morning and you think, man, I've made too many mistakes. I'm so far off course. May I tell you, listen, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. I didn't bring this scripture up, but back in Jeremiah chapter uh, 11, I think it's around verse... um, Uh, 12, and then also 14a, in the the Message Bible, Uh, I I, I love what God said, because they thought they'd make too many mistakes themselves. But let me read it to you. He said, look, when you call on me, and when you come and you pray to me, I'll listen. And when you come looking for me, you will find me. When you get serious about finding me more than you want anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. This is my decree. He said, I'll turn things around for you. Isn't that good news? So no matter what the past may have held or mistakes we've made, this is a new day. And the path is growing brighter. Right on? So, I said when God gives us direction, he makes available to us the, the grace, the ability, the resources to bring that thing into fruition. Even if it seems like it's taken a long time. How many of you know what due season is? It's a little longer than you thought it was going to be. <laughs> We've all been there, right? But now notice Joshua 14. This is Caleb's testimony, right? I love these guys. You know, you had two guys, Joshua and Caleb, man, they said, hey, look, if God said we can do it, then we can do it, right? Right? Their attitude and their declaration set them apart in this situation from everyone else in the camp. Notice Caleb's testimony, verse 7, uh, uh, Joshua 14. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Canesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless... My brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, and I wholly followed the Lord my God. Now notice, so Moses swore on that day saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever. Because you've wholly followed the Lord your God, and now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now here I am this day, 85 years old. Don't tell me you're too old. As long as you've got breath and you're on this planet, God has a reason for you being here. And there's something you can do to be a blessing to the kingdom and people. Don't you love this guy's attitude? He said, I'm as strong today as I was on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, now is my strength for war, both going out and coming in. Therefore, give me this mountain. Don't you love it, man? <laughs> I love this guy's attitude. Ooh, there were two individuals and their families from the whole generation that entered into the promised land. too, Joshua and Caleb, what made the difference? Their attitude and their declaration. And their attitude and their declaration were formulated based upon their faith in God and his ability to do what he'd promised, but also his ability to enable them to do what he told them to do. Right? And as a result, they possess the land. Never talk failure. Never talk defeat. Now listen, that's easier said than done. I know. I've whined a few times in life. You know? But your wife will help cure you of that. Just whining and she'll say, is that what you'd like to receive? No. Pick yourself up by the the pants and get yourself in line. Right? Right? Let's don't talk to uh, failure or defeat. Never admit for a moment God's not able to do what he promised and to bring us into the fullness of all he has for us. Let's talk about how faithful God is. Let's talk about the fact that nothing is impossible to him that believes, that all things are possible with God. Can you say amen? You know, Christianity is called the great confession. There's something extremely important about the way we speak. Brother Hagen used to tell us all the time, how many of you would say you're familiar with Kenneth Hagen or his writings? Anyone? Raise your hand so I can say hi if you've heard of his ministry. Okay, well, that kind of helps me a little bit. He, you know, I travel with him, as Shelley did, 11 years and followed his ministry since I was 18. But he used to say this. He said, you know, um, most people are defeated in life because they believe the wrong things and they say the wrong things. Their words are holding them in a place or position far below God's divine intention for them. So we want to make sure that we're staying on the winning side, right? Now, in thinking about this this morning and and along the, the thoughts of standing strong, holding steady things that have been in the womb of faith for a while. I want to read you a passage of Scripture in Romans 4, 17 through 21. How many of you give me five more minutes? Anybody? Raise your hand. Five, 10, 15, 20, 25. Okay, (laughs) praise God. So Romans chapter 4. Of course, speaking of, of Abram, Abraham, and the journey of faith that he had, I want you to think of some things being in the womb of faith. Notice... As it is written, I've made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things that do not exist as though they did, who, contrary to hope, in hope believed... So that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall thy descendants be. And being not weak in faith, he did not consider his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, or the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. Now, I know you guys are familiar with this passage of Scripture, but you'll remember, we won't look at it, but in Genesis chapter 12, God comes to a man named Abram. He is 75 years old, and he said, Abram, I've got a plan, right? I've got a divine intention for your life. I have a purpose. I'm going to make of you a great nation. Your descendants are going to be as the stars of the sky and the sand of the seashore." Through you and your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And I'm going to change your name today from Abram to Abraham. Because a father of many nations have I made you. So he's 75 years old. He said, great. I'll accept the plan. And he took off, man. And he started in the direction. But guess what? Twenty-four years passed, man. No son of promise. It looks like nothing's happening. We're not making any progress. Twenty-four years, right? No son of promise. Uh, but, But God had declared to him 24 years earlier, A father of many nations have I made you. Now let me ask you something. Is have I made you, is that past, present, or future tense? Past. It's past and present reality. Now, that's difficult for you and I to understand sometimes because God dwells in the realm of eternity, past, present, and future simultaneously. God is outside of our particular scope of time and space, right? So what is a future event to us in the mind and realm of God is already a present reality. Does that make sense? So for instance, you know, if I, you know, we said there's a predetermined path. The plan is already laid out. That would be like me. I'm up here on this platform, and here comes an ant crawling across this platform. Now, from my perspective, I'm outside of his perspective of time or perception of time and space. Right? He can't see me. He's so small he doesn't even really understand my sphere of existence. But from my perspective... I can see where that ant has been. I can see where he is. I can see where he's going. All at the same time. One scope of vision. Friend, that's God's perspective. God sees, God dwells in the realm of eternity, past, present and future simultaneously. He sees all scopes of time in one facet. Do you, you know what I'm saying? So what's a Future event to us is already a present reality in the mind of God. When he told Abraham, I've made you a father of many nations, that would be like me coming up here. And I, if I could communicate with that ant, I would say, Mr. Aunt, uh, I, I, I'm going to give you a piece of fruit. And I could put a piece of fruit down in front of his path. Right. So I put a piece of fruit and I come over here and I say, Mr. Ant, I have given you a piece of fruit. Now, from his perception of time and space, he doesn't see it yet. He hasn't experienced it. He's not tasting it. He's not eating it. He's not enjoying it. But on my end, it's an accomplished fact. I've already done it. Right. So if I could communicate with him, I'd say, hey, 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 I know you don't see it yet, but you know what I told you. You just keep moving forward with expectation, and you will intersect what I've promised and what I've already made ready for you. That's God. He told Abraham, I've made you a father of many nations. What I need you to do is stay in agreement with me and keep moving forward, right? And that's what he's saying to some people in this room this morning. You've had some things in your spirit for a long time. God has a plan and a purpose for you for you here personally and collectively the plan is in process god's already got it all laid out what he needs us to do is to stay steady right keep moving forward and we're going to intersect and fulfill the entirety of all that He has planned and purposed for us personally and corporately. So, what am I saying to you this morning? I believe some of you are on the threshold of a miracle, that your due season concerning some things is approaching. But God needs you to hold on, hold strong, stay in agreement with Him, say what He says, right? Stay on the winning side. I don't care how impossible and difficult it may seem at the moment. Let's stay on the winning side. And let's let our faith be in the same expression as Abraham's. He believed God's word. He embraced it as a present reality. Even though he'd not yet experienced it. He refused to consider the contradicting circumstances that were contrary to that reality. And he he what he gave glory to God being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. In short, this morning, uh, I'm just saying to us, let's stay in agreement with God personally and corporately concerning his word, concerning his plans and purposes for us as a church, as a people. Let's boldly declare, if God has spoken it, if his word has promised it, if his plan has prepared it, then we can do it. Amen? It will all come to pass. And Lord, I'm listening to you. Right? And I'm responding to you. And I ask you to lead me and guide me. In the beginning of this year as I was seeking God, the word of the Lord came to me. He speaks to me many times in Psalms. But if he gives something to me, many times it's for the people I go to. And the word of the Lord came to me, and you receive it for yourself this morning. He said, now is not the time to draw back to relinquish your position of confidence, to let go of the things that you've asked me for, or to abandon that which I've placed in your heart to accomplish or to achieve or to do. But now is the time, saith God, to stand strong in your faith, refuse to let go, stay in agreement with me, saith God, continue to move forward and declare it so it will all come to pass yes Lord we can yes we will everything that you've promised purposed and provided for me personally and corporately it will be fulfilled do you believe that hallelujah man I have a sense of expectation for you as a church and as a people I wouldn't get up here and make a pretense of the thing amen hallelujah Thank you, Lord. Stretch your hands out toward your pastors here, just for a moment. Join your hands, or thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Oh Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Lord, I hear the Spirit saying, "You've been faithful, saith God. to remain steadfast to the call and the commission upon your lives, and to follow the steps as they have been revealed to you along the way and because of the commitment and because of the determination and because of the commitment of those who have been drawn here by my spirit and now stand by your side things will begin to move forward with a sense of acceleration because the foundation of this house is secure and strong And it will begin to move forward with that acceleration and the apprehension of the fullness of my plan and purpose for you here in this city and region. Your influence will increase. The borders of that influence will expand. The avenues through which that influence will be carried will also be multiplied. And your voice will become a voice of great significance in this region and in the lives of many. For your voice will be a voice of hope, strength, truth, light, reconciliation, redemption. And people will seek to hear that voice because of the light and the truth that it carries. So, Continue on the path faithfully before you. And listen carefully, saith the Lord, to the promptings of my spirit within you. For I will open doors before you that no man can close. And you're to walk through them with great confidence. Knowing that I'm working all things for your good and for the consummation of my plan and purpose here in this city and region. And it will all come to pass, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. How many of you believe that? Glory to God, I believe it. I believe it. Now, let me ask you a question. Every head up, every eye open.